Airbnb. Now, with the pandemic, maybe that's something Airbnb that you have not thought about in a little while. Well, I can tell you who's been thinking about it. London City Council, London, Ontario. They have certainly been giving Airbnb some thought. In fact, things could soon get a lot more complicated for those, you know, looking to make a few extra dollars by renting out their place through Airbnb. They are considering in London requiring residents to have a business license. That you'll have to have a business license if you want to participate in and uh, rent uh, your property, your home through the likes of Airbnb. For more on this, joining us now is Thorben Weiditz, director of Fair BNB. Thorben, good afternoon. Appreciate you coming on. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having us. All right. Interesting proposal. Not something supported by a lot of Airbnb renters, those looking to make uh, some money on their homes. What is the reasoning uh, behind this, Thorben? Um, the reasoning behind this is, uh, as in any other city, really, um, two two issues. One is the public nuisance issue that we see with, uh, you know, the increase of short-term rental activity in residential neighborhoods, where short-term rental activity takes place in um, investment properties, um, in absentee landlord sort of situations. Um, and then the second one is that uh, it impacts the housing market, and um, you know, a lot of these. Uh, uh, short-term rental accommodation take place in entire homes that are dedicated for these purposes, and those homes are essentially converted residential units. So they are missing in the housing market. They're missing for long-term tenants, and they're missing for you know people that want to actually live in London, Ontario. Right. So the thought is this business license would stop uh, you know I guess speculators or those just buying up uh, properties that sit there empty for most of the time and just occasionally have a short-term uh, rental. Then it gets more supply into the market, and that might help ease. Uh, you know, we've seen uh, we've all seen this over the last uh, year or two. These astronomical housing prices. That's that's the idea, um, and um, that's why they propose a principal residence requirement in London, which means that you and I could rent out our own place um, on platforms like Airbnb or VRBO uh, when we are gone on the weekends or on vacation. But you and I wouldn't be allowed to buy up, lease up, or otherwise acquire you know dozens of other investment properties for the single purpose of renting these on platforms on a short-term basis. All right. So has this, Thorben, has it been done elsewhere? And if so, to what sort of success? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the principal residence requirement is literally one that has been um, and is being um, proposed and, and accepted in, in a number of different jurisdictions. Um, Vancouver was the first. Um, Toronto is obviously the, the largest market in, in Canada where we have a principal resident requirement. Ottawa just recently um, um implemented the same requirement and we had an Ontario Lens Tribunal hearing um, that upheld Ottawa's um, short-term rental um, bylaws. Um, so it's been in place uh, in, in a variety of settings and different markets. How it works is difficult to assess right now because of the pandemic. In most places, the requirement got implemented just prior or during the pandemic. And because of you know the pandemic, we obviously have uh, you know a lack in demand of, of you know rental accommodations for tourists, and there's hardly any tourism. And hospitality industry is um, decimated, so it's difficult to assess. But from a, a, a previous study um, that was undertaken by McGill University um, on the Toronto situation, we have seen that a quite substantive amount of former short-term rental units have moved into the long-term rental market. Um, as intended through regulations. 
Um, so there's some some signs that it actually works, but I think we all have to sort of hold the horses a little bit and wait post-pandemic to see how it actually, um, you know, resolves, um, you know, when the hotel and tourism industry comes back online, so to speak. So there are some early indicators, Thorben, that this is working, that it is solving some of the problems uh, brought up when it comes to uh, Airbnb and the like. Uh, it's just not driving up uh, prices. I mean, because if you're required to have a business license for short-term uh, rentals, I think a lot of people would think that that cost is just passed on to the uh, end user and just drives up prices for those uh, looking for some short-term accommodations. Yeah, the, the business license here, the cost for that is really not prohibitive. I think most jurisdictions, um, you know, have a fairly low, low uh, uh, cost um, and, and you can, uh, you know, that's not something that deters people from entering the market. I think what really is something that is useful here is the principal residence requirement. That means that if you want to receive a short-term rental accommodation license, you have to prove that this is your principal residence. And I think that is what sort of draws a line in the sand between people that are actually into home sharing and people that, um, you know, convert residential housing stock into hotel rooms. Um, so it's it's not, you know, the, the license fee itself. I think people can make that back in, in a very short amount of time. Um, it's more the principal residence requirement that is uh, of note here and, and much more important. And let's circle back to something you mentioned off the top, and that's the public nuisance uh, aspect, uh, Thorben, that uh, that's one of the reasons why something like this has been brought in in other cities and other centers. And uh, London, Ontario, of course, like uh, you know, many uh, cities and communities right across uh, Canada, there's a huge student population and a huge you know, rental market for students that are uh, going to school, going to college and or uh, university. And I think a, a lot of people would point to that as saying that's a public nuisance uh, issue as well. And that's something that's maybe better handled by, you know, law enforcement and city bylaws. Um, yeah, that, that could be that could be the case. Um, we certainly have this in Toronto where we have um, areas that are, you know, um, and that always have been rented out um, on a, you know, a term basis to students. Um, but I think what we have seen with the rise of Airbnb is just a different dimension, a different scale to the problem and an introduction of this very problem into otherwise uh, residential areas that have not had any student populations um, or into condominium buildings, um, you know, that essentially have turned over time into um, what we call ghost hotels, where you have a, a very large number of units um, used for the sole purpose uh, to rent out to guests and tourists over the weekends. And that's really what drives the nuisance is that, you know, out of a sudden you wake up in the morning and you realize that next to your place, you have a revolving door um, that, that is more akin to, to a hotel than it is to a residential unit. Um, and that really is, is a problem. Um, what they try to solve here with the principal residence requirement is that um, in, in the case where it's your own home that you rent out, you usually have a relationship with your neighbors and your community, and you make sure that you know you keep the nuisances at a you know at a, at a bare minimum, if any. Um, but if you are a commercial operator and you have dozens and dozens of units, um, you know, sort of across the entire city, um, you don't have relationships with your neighbors. Um, you most likely don't care about these relationships with your neighbors. Um, you're looking at a return on your investment. And that means that you rent these places out to tourists and guests as much as you can. And that has negative consequences for people that actually live there. 
And the principal resident requirement actually reduces this. And this is something that has been um, well established in the in the literature, academic literature on this topic that compares, you know, different approaches to regulations across different cities in North America and Europe. Yeah, just finally, before I let you go, uh, Thorben, can you uh, give us an idea as to uh, demand for Airbnb? I'm sure it's certainly a dip like uh, so many other hospitality industries, uh, if you will, hotels, uh, notably uh, during the pandemic. Do you have or do we have any indication as to just how strong or maybe not strong the demand for Airbnb is? Uh, has it come back, uh, you know, since the pandemic? Well, there, there are two things that have happened. Like one is that we have seen a, a very sharp uh, decline in demand um, and a lot of units sitting empty that were, you know, previously held purposefully for the full-time short-term rental use. At the same time, we have seen sort of an uptick of more forms of local tourism, you know, in, in close proximity to the larger urban centers, um, you know, because people are hesitant to travel, uh, to air travel, and there are all kinds of restrictions to travel internationally. So there is a uptick in more local and regional tourism um, that we have seen. Um, but right now, because of the pandemic, the demand is is still very low, but everyone expects this to be coming soaring back um, once restrictions are lifted and uh, people are allowed to travel again. So I think it's a very uh, good decision um, on behalf of the uh, uh, City of London to deal with it now, to have these rules in place before we see a surge of short-term rental demand um, post-pandemic. All right. Got to leave it there for now. Thorben, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Take care, Jeff. You too. Thorben Wydens is the director of Fair B&B. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.